If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. We have made it to Friday. It's Friday, Friday, February 9th. Oh, I'm so happy it's Friday. It's one of those weeks where every single morning you wake up and you're like, and and to be honest, like Friday, the, the my mornings are not that different except for the fact that you don't have to rush to get your kids out of the house. And like, you know, can't just, is there anything better than a morning where you wake up, you throw on a robe, you make copious amounts of coffee, you sit on your whatever it is, couch, bed, some people that live in gorgeous weather, uh, I'm looking at you, Florida, can sit outside in these days and, you know, in the sun and just drink your coffee and scroll your phone and catch up on last night's drama and all the things that you missed while you were sleeping without rushing anywhere. That, my friend, is what I'm looking forward to for the weekend. I'm also I'm getting a facial today. I'm so excited. I... Um, it's one of those, you know, like when you go to a gala, a school gala, we have one every year for fundraising and I bid on an auction for two hydrofacials in 2000. Hold on. We're in 24, 23. I want to say it was 2022 and maybe 21. I can't even remember. It's been so long, but I was going through my drawers the other day and I found the gift certificates. There's no expiration dates. Your girl booked herself a Friday facial. And some people would say that sounds sexual, but we're not going to go there, okay? You dirty birdies, we're not going there today. We're staying very appropriate and very adult today on Daily Dose of Donna because this is hard-hitting news. This is breaking news. Actually, I do have some breaking news. I have some breaking, breaking news, you guys. Craig Conover and I were DMing. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Craig. <laughs> you guys, today, Friday, February 9th, is Craig Conover's birthday. I feel like we need all the, you know, balloons and all the fun things right now. He is, uh, I don't know how old he is, but he looks fantastic. He and Paige are spending it together in New York City, from what I noticed on his stories. And I um, I love Craig because I truly believe this guy is just a a good-hearted person. I don't think he's always been so perfect or anything, but I do believe that he is a kind soul with a lot of um a lot of heart and for his birthday he announced a charity that he wanted people to donate to in honor of his birthday. So you can find out more about that on his stories, but I just DM saying happy birthday, how sweet. And he wrote back, "I hope you're well." And the question is 
Will I be okay unless we get Craig Conover on Daily Dose of Donna? Oh, don't worry, Andrew. Andrew says I'm telling Lance. Lance was the first to know. There is no... We got a mic issue. Hold on. We got a mic issue. Audio. Okay, we're back. You guys hear me okay? I think I messed with the plug. Um, Yes, happy birthday, Craig. Happy birthday to, uh, you know, all February 9th birthdays. Before we get into today's show, you guys know I've got two sponsors for the week on Daily Dose of Donna. And today we're going to start with BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the sponsor of this week's show on Daily Dose of Donna. We are all about getting therapy. We are all about, you know, working on our mental health. A lot of you guys, I get DMs, struggle with anxiety, struggle with insomnia, struggle with depression, struggle with, you know, a lot of ups and downs. And this is a great way to get a handle on that. So it's time that you guys become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not, as we're heading into Valentine's Day next week. By the way, Valentine's Day is just a day. So if you're single out there, and even if you're in a relationship and the other person doesn't really, um, you know, care about your, uh, about celebrating Valentine's Day because they're like, oh, it's just a Hallmark holiday. Don't you worry. Give yourself some love and visit betterhelp.com slash Donna, D-A-N-A. To get 10% off your first month, give yourself a gift this Valentine's Day of therapy and of sound mental health. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Donna. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring. All right. We will be talking about a few different things, and later we will be talking about the traders. So if you have not watched the traders last night's episode, you can come back later after you watch traders and give us uh you know you can hear the recap but I don't want to spoil it for any of you so that's later on in the show don't worry but before that we'll talk about a couple different things okay we'll talk about a few different things that are happening in the housewives landscape oh Debbie's got it right I can buy myself flowers yeah I mean Miley I just won my first Grammy Cyrus who I love guys, I have been spending the day kind of recapping and going back into my life as a casting director and working on set back in the early 2000s because of this story that we're going to talk about in a little bit regarding Dan Schneider. Just you wait, it's coming. Okay. A couple housewife stories. Number one, um, Kyle Richards has been making the PR rounds. Do you guys notice that? how there's always maybe one housewife that just goes out and does a lot of press. Like a couple weeks ago is Crystal and this week it's Kyle. And I know that she shot an interview with um, Justin Sylvester a couple weeks ago. She was doing a lot of press a couple weeks ago, I believe. And then they're airing it all right now. But Kyle Richards has been sitting down with Billy Bush, with Justin Sylvester, with Lauren Herbert, who's a friend of mine. I love Lauren. And, um, a bunch of different people to talk about, you know, her situation right now on Housewives. A couple of things that have come out. Nothing like groundbreaking, but number one, it was the whole story about how she is in a situation where she is thinking or has thought of possibly taking a break from the Housewives. She is the longest running housewife on the network. Remember that, you guys. The longest running housewife on the network between 
her and Teresa, they've been on it the longest. I can't imagine, I would imagine if Kyle walked away from Housewives, it would be a huge, like, identity shift. I think a lot of times when people are on Housewives and then they leave, it's it's almost like a a new reality. Like, you have to hit a new reality of it because or of your life, because it it really does take up so much, not only time and energy, but also it gives you so much money and fame. And the way that these reality stars, I think, work is that they go on these shows and they are so incredibly famous that, I don't know, it's it's hard for them to kind of like meet at that level ever again. So I don't know, I think for, for I don't think Kyle will ever leave that show personally, but you guys may know better than me. I don't think so. I think that she's going to probably stick on that show for as long as she possibly can. Um, another thing she talked about with Billy Bush. So, and I just love how Billy Bush is back on the show. Like, I didn't even remember that Billy Bush got rehired. Remember, Billy Bush got canceled majorly during the grab them by the, you know, incident with Trump years ago. And I'm glad that Billy Bush got put back on because... I felt like he was completely unfairly, um, what's it called? Um, what's it called? Uh, canceled. Don't you guys agree? Totally unfairly canceled on that case because whatever. Okay. We won't get into that because that seems like it, it, it feels like it's going to go political. I don't know. But I believe that, um, I believe that Billy Bush is, you know, he's, he's good at what he does. Let's just put it that way. He's good at what he does. Billy Bush is a cheese ball. He and Mario Lopez can be in the exact same category in terms of like cheesy, um, you know, talk show, entertainment show hosts. They both do the same to me. So Kyle was talking to him and he said, how are you? I imagine it's really hard because, you know, I also was married for 20 years and I was canceled, uh, canceled divorce. And it was really, really hard. How was, how are you and Mauricio? Here's where I'm so thrown by by Kyle. She's like, well, we just celebrated our 28 wedding anniversary. Okay. Technically they are married, right? They haven't gotten divorced, but are they like, are we celebrating anniversaries still when you're separated? How does that work? Exactly. If you separate and you choose to like each go out and live your own lives and clearly date and hook up and whatever, are you still celebrating anniversaries? I find that so strange. Like, at what point do we just say, listen, we're we're still married technically, but we're not actively like talking about our anniversary date. But okay, like to each his own, right? And then she said things are really hard. They're They're not getting back together. I think it's a pretty clear and obvious thing after seeing her on Jeff Lewis. She was talking about it. Like, there's no way these two get back together. Now, meanwhile... Morgan, he asks about Morgan and Kyle's new thing is, well, it's just because she has tattoos. It's just because she has tattoos. And, you know, that's why people are saying this about me. My thing is, it's not about the tattoos. My thing is everything else. For example, she's half your age. She's an unlikely friend. The tattoos, yes, Technically and physically, it looks a little different than Kyle's other friends, but I don't think anyone gives a crap how a uh, person looks. But if you look at like the whole entirety of it, right? She's young. She is a country music singer. It's not like she's a young socialite in Beverly Hills, right? She's totally a different, you know, world 
it's like she was brought into Kyle's circle of friends. She wasn't like kind of in Kyle's circle of friends. And then it's not about the tattoos. I don't know about you guys, but I think it's a lot more to like a lot more of the reason why people are so focused on Kyle and Morgan is let's list the reasons. Okay. They dress alike. They're seen together constantly in different cities, just the two of them. Morgan is a lesbian and she is single. As far as we know, we don't see her with anyone else and no one's claimed to be her girlfriend. Um, Kyle shot a a very, very sexually suggestive music video where the two of you guys were like essentially feeding each other, you know, whipped cream berries and making out. You're tattooing each other. And last but not least, we as a viewer, we're smart. You guys, we watch Real Housewives. We are smart people. We can see right through this love affair. When you watch Kyle and Morgan on screen and you see Kyle go goo 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 gaga eyes, and it's basically like she's in the cartoon and like little hearts are flowing out of her faces, right? She's like, da, 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 da. that's why we think there is something there. When you see Kyle hanging out with Dorit, this is a good example. Kyle was wearing, you know, the baseball cap scene in this week's episode and Dorit comes over to her house. They have absolutely zero sexual chemistry, right? When you when you are watching Kyle and Dorit or Kyle and Sutton or even Kyle and Teddy, Kyle and, F- and Faye, Kyle and... There's no sexual vibe. There's no chemistry. There's no like this weird flirt. But when you do watch her and Morgan, there is. Is that something that we're creating because we know the stories and we know that Morgan is into women? Or is that something that we just, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. Now, a lot of you guys sent a comment yesterday that I thought was really interesting. Do we find it interesting that all of the press that Kyle is doing these days in the last few months is talking about the fact that she is, you know, uh, not that close with Dorit, that Dorit has kind of come into the picture by saying, I'm really hurt by Kyle. Kyle is like kind of left me behind when she started becoming friends with with Morgan. I am no longer invited on family trips or, you know, weekends away. And our friendship has changed completely. And I miss, I miss Kyle and I feel a little bit like FOMO or jealous. The way that Kyle is saying, like Kyle's approach to Dorit saying this on everything, including on Billy Bush on extra was saying that, you know, she and Dorit are just not that close. In fact, she's closer to other ones on the cast. Well, why are we seeing Dorit and Kyle have the only conversations about her marriage? Notice Kyle is not talking. And I know she will later. She will talk to Erica because we've seen it in the trailer, but she'll talk to Sutton and won't share a, a word about her marriage. She has not said a word to really anyone we haven't seen. But every time she's with Dorit, whether it's in the car or at her house, she's opening up about it. Is it because Dorit is asking the questions or is that like, is this not real? Because I feel like if you do have some serious uh, marriage issues and you don't want to share it with the world, which Kyle has straight up said, I feel like you would only share it with a really close friend. So I feel, I almost feel like Kyle is rewriting history that she and Dorit were never close. It kind of makes me sad for Dorit, you guys. I do feel like Dorit 
saw their friendship in a different way than Kyle. Like Kyle sees it as part of the show. I need to have a friend on the show. And Dorit saw it as like, no, Kyle and I are actually really close. So I don't know. It's interesting. Michelle says, because Dorit won't ask the real questions. Maybe she feels more comfortable talking to Dorit because Dorit is tiptoeing around Kyle and doesn't want to hurt Kyle's feelings. Whereas Sutton's like, are you having sex with Morgan Wade? She's not really, but I feel like she would. You know what I mean? Like, is your husband cheating on you? So it will be interesting to find out kind of where this goes. But just get us to this damn reunion already, right? What I've heard is that buying Beverly Hills season two will air in the March arena. Where are we? We're in February. So does anyone know when Beverly Hills ends? How many more episodes we have? I don't know off the top of my head, but I can't imagine that many more. I feel like this has been a long season. We've gotten exactly zero out of it. But um, but I, I'll be interested to know because I think that the reunion will air and it's going to go right into the season of buying Beverly Hills, which is going to open up a lot more from probably where Beverly Hills stopped shooting. That's my guess. I'm going to just throw out something about Miami. I have a confession to make. And I am someone that can admit when I'm wrong. Okay. When I, unlike, unlike Lisa Hochstein, I admit my faults and I apologize for things I do wrong in life. And if I have, uh, you know, really done something to, uh, that I, that I regret or whatever, I will apologize. There's no question. I will apologize to the person involved or in this case to you guys. I have been extra hard. That's what she said on Miami this season. Because I had a dream about Real Housewives of Miami last night. And as I was laying in bed, slumbering away to my Venus CBD, I had a moment where I woke up at like three in the morning and I was like, wait, Real Housewives of Miami is actually really good. <laughs> and I have not been giving it the credit. Because if I'm thinking about it in the middle of the night and I'm dreaming about it, and yes, the dream had something to do with the gondola and the mariachis, but still. If I'm having those moments and having those dreams, then I would like to say that that means it's actually doing something to my insides. Okay, so for all of you Miami stands, for all of you Miami fans, and for everyone and anyone that has ever been, you know, upset over my not obsessing over Miami, I am sorry because I like Miami. I do. I do. I'm thinking about it. I'm wondering about it. I want to see more. I'm not a fan of certain characters on Miami and I and they're very loud and I think that that's what like overshadows it. It's like imagine you love a restaurant, right? You love a restaurant because the food is phenomenal. Every time you go you have the best meal of your life. But it's really loud. And it's loud with like annoying patrons that are like cackling in the corner. Do you ever have people like that at a restaurant near you? When I was younger, I didn't bother me. The older I get, the more it bothers me. And just a side note, my no, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to throw my stepdad under the bus. But I grew up around parents who struggled so much around loud people at restaurants. And so I used to be so embarrassed by them. But now I'm a 42-year-old and I'm like, they're so loud. <laughs> I can't hear anything. So imagine you're at a restaurant and it's so loud, but the food is so amazing. Do you go back for the good food or do you stay away because it's so loud? 
that's Miami for me. I will go back, but it's like, it's like irritating. It's irritating a little bit. Now, Michelle just said something really good. It's chaotic with real stories like children with disabilities, death of children, alcoholic parents, cancer, and it makes me laugh. The gondola ride was incredible. Michelle, it sounds like you've just listed every single thing that we want to avoid in life. Children with disabilities, death of children, alcoholic parents, cancer. Oh, <laughs> like, why are we watching it? Oh my gosh. We should just watch it on, yeah, on mute with the, with the, the closed captioning, which is how I watch all my shows anyway. Okay. So now, now that's off my chest. I feel better. I feel better. Before I get into uh, the story about Dan Schneider and the documentary, because this is really freaking, I don't know. I am like way, way invested in this story. I do want to talk about, I want to talk about our, our next sponsor of Daily Dose of Donna, which is Row Body. So let's talk weight loss for just a few minutes. If you could take a weekly shot to lose weight and keep it off, would you? Think about it. You lose weight, it comes back. You lose it again, it comes back again. If the cycle sounds familiar to you, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. There's so many different kinds that we always like, at least if you li live here in LA or in a big city, you're hearing everything like juice cleanses, soup diets, keto, like 17 hours of cardio. And if it sounds familiar to you and it drives you insane because you don't want to spend your days doing that, let's talk about Row Body, okay? Row Body gives you an option to get access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. It pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes. So you can lose 15 to 20% of weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you get support through the process. Insurance can cover possibly some of your medication. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. So let's get started on Row Body. If you're really struggling to lose some weight, let's do it. Go to row.co slash Donna. That's row.co slash D-A-N-A. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash Donna, D-A-N-A. So I was driving to pick up my kids from school last night and I saw about this. Um, I saw the trailer for this documentary that is coming out in March. It's called Quiet On Set and it's for investigation, discovery and street and max. So I imagine it will air on max. Um, I think it's just a one or maybe a two part documentary. Why is this so incredibly um, important for everyone? But why am I so enthralled by this story? So essentially, this documentary takes you behind the scenes of what it was like on Nickelodeon, specifically Nickelodeon, in the late, I would say, late 90s to the 2000s. And it is highlighting from previous cast members and crew members who worked on these shows all about really, really devastating things, trigger warning, like abuse, sexism, sexism, racism. But most importantly, a lot of it had to do with underage minors, child, child actors that were on set. And most of it has to do with a man, a man named 
Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider is a executive producer creator. If you don't know who he is, just get to some research because you're, I think you're going to be blown away by his, his, uh, credits a hundred percent. I mean, if you're 42, like me, you probably watched some of his shows growing up and then you were probably maybe a little bit older for a lot of his shows, but you would know what they are. So, oh, it's a four part series and it's called quiet on set, the dark side of kids TV. So basically, it is all about the career of Dan Schneider, who created the Nickelodeon hit programs like The Amanda Show, Amanda Bynes, What I Like About You, Drake and Josh, Zoe 101, iCarly, Victorious, and Sam and Kat. So he helped launch the careers of people like Kenan Thompson, Amanda Bynes, Victoria Justice, Miranda Cosgrove, Jeanette McCurdy, and others. Um I mean, we're not talking about Brit- Jamie Lynn Spears and so many more. This one article from Hollywood Reporter says a former employee who is not named claims in the trailer working for Dan was being like it was being was like being sorry in an abusive relationship. There was a toxic environment. It made me trust people less. So. I will tell you something, you know, OK, well, this let me just finish about this documentary and then we'll talk more about it. So. Um, this is directed by a woman named Mary Robertson, two women, Mary Robertson and Emma Schwartz. And it also alleges that behind the scenes, underage stars and crews were treated inappropriately. Um, Dan Schneider no longer works at Nickelodeon. He part, they parted in mid 2018 after 25 years of working on this network. Um, the reason why he didn't come back They didn't say it like out loud, but this was right after an investigation by Viacom CBS that claimed abusive behavior by him towards the people he worked with on set. However, no one has like actually, you know, arrested him. He's not in jail. He's living his life at home doing God knows what. But a representative for Dan Schneider responded to the trailer with a statement that argued how often vulnerable child actors due to being successful and key earners for their families were protected on set. Dan cared about the kids on his shows, even when sometimes their own families unfortunately did not. He understood what they were going through and he was their biggest champion. The fact is many of these kids on the show, the shows are put in the untenable, untenable position of becoming the breadwinner for their family and the pressure that comes along with that. Add on top of that the difficulties of growing up and having to do so under the spotlight while working a demanding job all as a child. That is why there are so many levels of standards, executives, lawyers, teachers, and parents everywhere all the time on every set every day. However, it's still a hard place to be a kid and nobody knew that more than Dan. Um, employees are still coming out because even though he stopped working for them six years ago, employees are still coming out. And so it will be on March 17th and March 18th. Okay. So there's been some really, really loud voices coming out against Dan Schneider in the book in the last like five years, six years. Number one is Jeanette McCurdy. Jeanette McCurdy wrote this incredible memoir I want to say it was like in 2022, maybe 23, called um, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Crazy title, right? Like such a title that blew you away because to say that out loud. 
But if you read, I listened to the book and I found it an incredible, interesting listen. But if you listen to the book, you start to recognize the patterns and you start to recognize like, holy moly, this world. And this is from someone, if you read this without having any knowledge of what it's like to be in the industry and to work in kids TV or kids, you know, being a kid on set. And remember, I have a crazy amount of knowledge around this. So we'll get into that in just a second too. But when you listen to that book and you recognize the kind of showbiz mom Jeanette McCurdy's mom was, which is, I wouldn't say it is the Mm. I'm hard. It's hard to say if if that was the norm or if it's on a spectrum and she was like the worst of the worst. But I have seen all kinds of showbiz moms and dads through the years working in casting for kids TV. But I will say this. Working, listening to Jeanette McCurdy's stories, and she does not name Dan Schneider in her book, probably because she doesn't want to get sued. But she talks about a creator on her show in many, many, many ways that are, is so incredibly disturbing. And everyone that reads the book and listens to the book knows she's talking about Dan Schneider. Now, meanwhile, Alexa Nicholas is an actress that who is very, very outspoken person for this right now. And she has um, a YouTube channel and she has a lot of really great organizations talking about this. She was on Zoe 101 with Jamie Lynn Spears. She was famously um, bullied by Jamie Lynn and Britney Spears. And she was there during some really, really, really uncomfortable behavior by Dan Schneider. And she has been one of the most outspoken, you know, talking about child survivors of abuse and especially against Nickelodeon and how Nickelodeon doesn't protect child stars. Okay. Listen, I will tell you, and this is all alleged, just like the documentary is alleged, that Dan Schneider is not a good one, right? He's not a good man. He is, in my opinion, a super, super um, toxic energy, whether it's on set, whether it's, you know, in, in like real life on set behind the scenes, I've heard too many stories, right? I've heard stories from casting directors. I've heard stories from the, the different actors that have worked with him. And I've heard stories from many writers who have been in writers rooms with him. So I don't believe that Dan Schneider is innocent in any capacity here. I think what the hard thing is, I think the most challenging part of all of this is that what happens is people don't have the ability to, or people are scared to talk, right? People are scared to come out and talk about what is really going on here and what the real truths were for a variety of reasons. Number one, their kids. A lot of these went with these kids that were feeling a little creeped out by some of his behavior. For example, he liked to do a lot of feet stuff. There, in all of his shows, there's like themes, right? There's themes of like kids' feet. What in the world? Which we all know there is a real thing about a foot fetish. A foot fetish is a real deal thing. And he was putting kids' feet all over his networks. He was doing such gross, disgusting things where he was like pouring water all over girls, like um, a lot with Ariana Grande and a lot with these girls. There was a lot of really, really bad kind of creepy behavior that we would see on camera. So you can only imagine the stuff behind the scenes. 
Now, when I worked on Disney shows, and I did work on Nickelodeon shows too, although I never worked specifically with Dan. When I worked in these shows, there were a variety of creepazoids that would come in and out through the days, right? Some of them were in the writer's rooms. Some of them were on set people, whether it was like an AD or, you know, a random set design person or a grip or whatever. And then a lot of them in a really strange turn of events, a lot of them were, um, I would say like... uh, um, working with the kids. Okay. So a lot of them were people that had some sort of a, um, maybe they were coaching the actors. Maybe they were managing the actors, maybe something along those lines. And because of that, it just felt so creepy. Like there were for a few people and I'm going to, you know, I don't, I'm a little bit nervous because I don't really want to like name names, but there are some people that I remember working with that just had a really um, bad, bad, bad vibe. Okay, hold on one second. I just want to make sure that you guys, that this didn't go. um, Okay. Okay, sorry. I had like a little disconnection issue. So, when Dylan and Cole Sprouse were working on Sweet Life on Deck, um, they had a manager. They had a manager for many, many years. This young dude who was a super nice guy. And he would spend a lot of time over on set. He would spend a lot of time with the boys. He would spend a lot of time in our offices. He was a fun guy and actually my fun guy, like a mushroom. And actually my business partner, um, who was working on their original sweet life, she and him were really close. Like they would go out for drinks and whatever. And what was weird is that he always only represented the same look, young, underage, blonde boys, which usually when you're repping actors as a manager or an agent, you, you want to kind of stay away from repping all the people that look similar or look the same, right? You kind of want to stay away from that. Not this guy. So Usually, like, you want to be able to rep people that have, um, that you can always submit for any role, right? You're looking for an African-American kid, got one. You're looking for an Asian girl, got one. You're looking for a tall boy, got one. You're looking for a 16-year-old or a 12-year-old, got one of each. But it was weird, right? Like, his whole roster looked like Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Well, sure enough, he was um, arrested on all these counts of, like, child pornography and all these things. His name is Josh Workman. You can look him up. W-E-R-K. Another one was a manager who we used to talk to all the time on the phone. He only worked with kids and he would submit his actors to us. And we thought he was a nice guy. I think he was a former actor, child actor himself. His name was Martin Weiss. Also arrested. I have no idea. This is back when I worked in casting. This is like 2011, 2012 years. I have no idea where these guys are now. This is just an example many, many men specifically who were hired on sets of kids TV through the years and hired to coach or to manage or rep or whatever kids had bad like pasts and bad shit going on. And I'm not saying this is was across the board. And I think as time went on, they got 
way more serious about who they would hire. If you worked on a child set or a set with children, it wasn't just about, you know, submitting your resume. You had to get a license. Like for me, when I was in casting and then specifically when I was coaching actors in order for my union, I had to get like a certification basically that I worked, that I was safe to work with kids. But who knows what they were doing in terms of research? Who was actually taking the time and going through people's histories and their social medias to make sure that they weren't creepy? I mean, this is like a Monica from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. When you're hiring someone, it's like, how much do you really know about their past? Anyway, this was not a one-time thing. This was a so many time things, a so many times thing. And we've heard it was so many child actors through the years, right? The Corey Hames and the Corey Feldmans of how many people treated them inappropriately on sets. And this is not new, you guys. This is not new. And sadly, I don't think it's going to ever stop because something (laughs) – and this may be alleged, and I really don't really want to say this, but I do believe that there is something interesting about these certain people that are just like hell-bent on only working with kids in this space. Dan Schneider, to me, was like a kid. He looked and acted like, well, he didn't look like a kid. He's a very, very big uh, guy. And he's married to a woman named Lisa Lillian, who you guys may remember because she used to write those cookbooks, Hungry Girl. And I think she's still around. I don't even know if she is or not, but she's Hungry Girl was like a very big brand. They had deals with Weight Watchers. I remember she had a website and like a newsletter. She was on Oprah. She was on Tyra Banks. And so she is talking about like eating healthy and eating your sugar-free jello pudding or whatever. And her husband, meanwhile, is this big like hunk of a man. (laughs) And he, and the reason why I'm talking so negatively about him is because he's a disgusting human being. By the way, if he was like a really sweet, good man, I would not be like highlighting negative things about her, but gross, right? He's just a gross guy. And he's really, his whole energy was about like, it was very kid like, you know, those adults that never grow up. It's like a Willy Wonka situation, right? He like wanted to be a kid so much that he would, you know, spend his time like being a kid. And Alexa Nicholas, I'll share it in the Facebook page later. She went live last night because this documentary was finally announced and she's been working her ass off trying to get this documentary out there. And she's emotional and she's crying talking about it because she was treated so badly by these people, Dan being one, but Nickelodeon in general, just these networks and these studios take such advantage of children and child actors. And I'm not saying all across the board. I'm not saying it's just um, Nickelodeon, just Disney. I'm just saying there's bad apples. There are bad apples on all these studios and networks because kids TV is money. It's so much money. If you think about all those shows that Dan Schneider produced, right? Zoe 101 and and Victorious and Sam and Cat. And like, not only is he producing shows that have 5,000 episodes. I mean, if you have kids that are watching these shows, you know, there's no like end of these episodes, right? And there's so, so much content that leads to Nickelodeon just constantly raking in the bucks. They're making so much money. So everyone was scared of Dan Schneider. Everyone was scared to say, this guy is a creepazoid. And apparently he was like on set getting massages from his employees, women, female employees, just giving him massages on set. And he was talking to the kids in weird ways and going in areas alone and whatever. And I I just cannot handle 
how disgusting it is that executives and studio people, people that have real careers, people that are parents, were allowing this toxic, horrible behavior to happen on set. And then you know what the worst part about it is, you guys, is the parents. And I say this with love because there are some really good parents out there, but there are some parents that allow their kids to be treated in horrible ways because it's a job. And you're the lead on a Nickelodeon show or a Disney show. So I guess, I guess we could just like, just, just accept it. Right. Don't say anything. Don't, don't make a stink. Don't make a stink because they'll fire you. And this is the truth. We, as, as a human race are, are supporting these children actors because we like the content for our kids and for, you know, even family shows and family movies, and I'm hoping that, you know, there's so many more places, people in place on, and I do believe, honestly, I do believe on like network TV, ABC, um, CBS and all those. I hope that there's better precautions in place, but I just know from being in the Disney world and being in the Nickelodeon world, I saw a lot of bad stuff. I was part of a lot of bad stuff. Not I was part of it, but I was the victim of a lot of negative and bad toxic behavior. Now, remember I was 20 when I started working for Disney. I mean, my first job was when I was 21, 22, but when I started working as a casting director on a show, I was 26. So I was still fairly young. And some of the writers, I mean, the comments that I would get these horribly sexual, insanely inappropriate comments that I thought were just kind of funny. And I laughed off because I'm 26 years old. And like, what are you supposed to do? But I'll never forget when I was casting Shake It Up, that's the Disney show, um, with uh, Zendaya and Bella Thorne. And I'll never forget watching Bella Thorne sit on the executive producer's lap. And she's 12 years old. And the executive producer and her, who was a man, I mean, I'm so, you know, he was a really nice man. He's passed away since then. But he was a, an adult man. Like he wrote, the movie girls just want to have fun. Okay. So if you can, my favorite movie, right? Sarah Jessica Parker, Helen Hunt back in the eighties. If you think about that man, an older man and Bella Thorne sitting on his lap during a casting session to the point where I remember feeling like they are flirting. Like this is weird to watch. And I'm not scared anymore because I never signed an NDA and I don't work for Disney or Nickelodeon. I never will again. I mean, I can't imagine why I ever would. So I don't have any fear saying this stuff out loud, but it's just like, we have to put this thing, the, the, like, there needs to be a stop to this behavior. The other day, my son um, was performing at his school and there's a lot of agents that go to my school. Their kids go to my school. And one of them who I love, he came up to us and he's like, guys, like, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me rep Dylan. Like, come on. Right. And I'm like, do you even know who I am in terms of like what my history was? There is no effing way that I would allow Dylan to ever be on sets like that. I mean, if he got a one-off type of thing, maybe, but like the audition process and the rejection, and then you get hired and then the bullying and then the toxic environments and the, 
There is a reason that Amanda Bynes is where Amanda Bynes is right now. That's all I, I can think of. Like, there's a reason why so many of these kid actors get completely and go completely off the handle. A lot of it has to do with your parenting, but a lot of it has to do with just like the experience on set. You're You're made to feel, especially as a young girl, you're made to feel like, I think for Amanda, like, you're so pretty. You're so funny. And that like that messes with a kid, you know? Anyway, I think it will be very interesting to watch this documentary. And we can talk all about more in detail when I go over to, you know, a Patreon down the line once, once this documentary comes out. I'm sure I'll be covering it way more. But it is a dark, dark world out there. And that's what I can say about that. Okay. Can we lighten up? Can we just lighten the shit up a little bit and talk traders? Let's talk Traders. If you watched Traders last night, it's such a good show. Traders is so good. And I love so much that Lance and myself and Dylan and Oliver, the four of us sit there and we watch it together. And I am so, so um, grateful for any TV that the four of us can get into together and not feel like, you know, I'm forcing them to watch something or they're forcing me to watch Star Wars with them. Like, take me off this planet if I have to watch Star Wars again. Traders is so good. So did you guys like last night's episode? Basically what happens is it starts, the episode starts with trying to decide, does Peter, Peter from The Bachelor, does he decide to take the traitor's invitation and join the traitors, come over to the dark side, or does he deny it and say, no, I want to stay at Faithful? Well, Peter, did we know that Peter is also like um, a do-gooder? He's just like such a goody two-shoes. He's like, I could not ever become a traitor because I am a faithful through and through. And I could never imagine lying to anyone in this. Like, I can't imagine going to Bergie and, and telling him that I'm still a faithful and, and not being one. So here's what we know about Peter. He has got a heart of gold. He is a good, loyal, solid human being. But will that win a game? Like, we have to remember, see Phaedra, for example. Phaedra is like left and right hurting the people around her by lying. But she is so sweet and so kind. She's trying to win the damn game, right? She's trying to win the game. Now, Par Parvati really was hoping that Peter would take the, take the, the bait because he, uh, you know, she really wanted him to not banish her the following day because she's on everyone's target list. But now he doesn't take the bait and she's like, oh crap. Parvati was back with her headband. I wish I wore my headband today because I could really do a Parvati look. And, um, you know, Parvati is just an interesting character. I don't know. I can't, I can't decide if I like her or she drives me mad. I don't know. I don't know what is going on there. But I mean, 100% all I want is Phaedra to win. That's all I care about for this show. Phaedra, to the end. Everything about Phaedra, her faces last night. Oh, she's so funny. She's so funny. So they, they're okay. So we're, um, they find out that Peter says no. And then it's the morning it's breakfast. Peter shows up. Everyone shows up and everyone's like, wait, I don't understand. Oh my gosh, this must have meant that someone was offered, which I thought was kind of interesting that Bergie just like knew this. Is Bergie such a fan of the traders that he just knows? He's like, wait, if no one was eliminated, that means someone was offered to come over to the trader's side, but they said no, or maybe they did come to the trader's side. Like, how did Bergie know the rules so well? Anyway, they, um, Parvati is, and I don't know if this is an editing thing, but you know how they always say on traders, like, 
it's better that you're not loud. It's better that you're kind of just like silent. Being a leader on traders is not the move. Well, Parvati is like shouting to the world, like everyone, look at me. So she decides to go head to head with Peter. And this could be editing. It could be that everyone's doing these things. But, you know, what's her name? Uh, Parvati is like, is going to, uh, you know, Peter. So Peter, so mm, who do you think? Oh, you don't think, oh, maybe you're a trader. Oh, trader, trader. I mean, it's like, Playing too many games. Don't you think it's like, mm, no, Peter, what are you doing? Okay, so they end up going, um, you know, they're getting ready to go on their challenge and they're kind of just hanging out. And this is the time where people are starting to recognize very, very strongly that we have two strong alliances. We have like the Peter Pals is what they're calling it, the Peter Pals. And then we have the the other crew. Peter and his crew are obnoxious now. And I say this because I love Peter, but Peter and his crew are obnoxious. We have uh, Kevin, who now the only, Kevin from Bling Empire, the only thing I can think about him is that he's a loud chewer because Tamara brought that to my attention. Um, we have Bergie, who I love, Bergalicious. Bergie's a good one. We have John, who I like too. John is the most random casting there ever was. It's like they needed an older guy because he's never been on a reality show. Like, I'm shocked that he's there. It's so weird. And then we have quite possibly the most annoying player ever to ever be. And I say this like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Trishelle is was beyond last night. Did anyone else find yourself... So annoyed with Trishelle. She looks amazing, by the way, though. I have to say, she's really aged well or, or done the right amount of Botox and fillers. I'm not really sure. So then, um, yeah, so those five, it's Peter and his gang. And they're making it so obvious. They're sitting there in an alliance together. And everyone keeps coming and trying to talk to them. And they're, can you just give us a moment? Can you just give us a moment? This is how they are. Well, this is just putting all the pressure on people thinking, you, my friend Peter, something's up with you. They go on the challenge. Now, I did watch a TikTok last week. I think it was the Bravo Babe. I can't remember who did the, maybe it wasn't. I can't remember who did this. But someone did this, um, a TikTok where they said, I love the traders. I'm so into it. And I love the housewives on traders, like the Bravo people. So this is my suggestion. Like cut out the challenges. I'm with you. I don't need to see them running through the woods. I don't need to see them picking things for $7,000. I'm not interested. I don't care. I just want to see them scheming and sitting in the boardroom or the round table. I want to see them kind of like figuring out who's going home. It's a lot. It's a lot with all these challenges. Oh my gosh. Andrew is killing me right now. Sheree has no, Sheree has no clue that they're playing a game. She thinks this is the housewives tryouts. Sheree, at, at some point yesterday, Lance is like, what's her name? Shady? And I was like, no, Sheree. Like no one knows who Sheree is and what she's doing there. She's just like, where am I going? What am I doing? Like it's, it's she cracks me up. Everyone was annoying. <laughs> I think it's that time of the month, guys. Everyone is annoying this week. So we have, um, we have this challenge. And my favorite part is that CT and Phaedra are together. Like take Phaedra and her castle daddy all the way. Their alliance, their friendship, and maybe their flirtation can't really fully decide is too much for my damn heart. Okay. I love Phaedra and CT. Like I, the way that they hold hands as they run through the forest just kills me, just kills me. And, um, and so everyone's kind of got their partners and the first challenge immediately CT, you know, basically like 
I can't remember. No, Peter. Peter dies off and then CT dies off. And then another one, they're falling into the mud. And then if they do something wrong, they get swept up, which cracked me up. Like if you pick the wrong answer, one of the partners had to go and pick the scroll to see that you got the correct or the incorrect thing and you get it. And all of a sudden you open it. And if it's incorrect, at one point you fall into like some big mud, but the other one is when you stand there and you open it. And like, as you pull the scroll, you get sucked up into a huge net with leaves. And I'm telling you to see Sheree go, like go up. And then you just see her face like, Hey, Oh my gosh. It was so funny. And the best, like when Bergie fell into the mud, Bergie was like, he falls into the mud and he's like, I, I don't think, I don't think we got it right. Bergie kills me. Everyone, MJ getting flown up there with her WEN products and her Poshmark. Oh my gosh. We haven't talked about that. Um, Maybe we'll talk about that. So, so all of them are getting kind of like sucked up. Everyone's getting lost. Kate, is is miserable as she always is. Do you guys like Kate in this season? I'm not really that big of a fan of her in this season. I still find it really weird that she got thrown in, because, probably because Deontay left and they needed an extra. Um, but Phaedra, she's like, I don't want to be alone in this forest. Like she never lose Phaedra in my life. Like I just want Phaedra from morning till night. So um so they finally, you know, they, they get to the end of the challenge and Kevin and Sandra get the shields. And the way that they're doing this round table is they're throwing it all on its head. So instead of just a normal round table and then the traders going, you know, one person getting banished and then the traders going and getting their, um, they murdering someone, they've decided to change it up, which totally ruins Parvati's plan. Cause at this point, Sandra has done some sort of math equation on a, on a pool table I'm telling you, I wasn't stoned. I wasn't drunk. I was totally sober watching this, not understanding this, this pool table equation math that Sandra was doing. Did anyone else understand it? Like she was like, and if you take these three and these three and these six go over here and everyone's like, and I'm thinking, am I missing something? MJ meanwhile is like, huh? What? Now, if you guys listen to Jeff Lewis live, which I know a lot of you guys do, a lot of you have your opinions on MJ. But one thing we know about MJ is she is a FOMO queen, right? She always wants to be included. She also always wants to be involved. So when she found out that Peter and his posse were having a little closed off meeting, she's like, I'm going in there. And she was wearing an outfit that let me just tell you something. You know how they say dress for your body type? And I, I, this is not to judge like weight or anything, because I think that, you know, like, for example, Phaedra is a curvy woman and she's, she's stunning and she dresses like a queen, but I would suggest like MJ, maybe like switching some things up in her wardrobe. I don't know. Anyone, anyone too mean, too mean. Okay. Mark says you understand. He understood it. It's a numbers game like survivor. It was smart. Sandra was playing survivor. Okay. So you guys know I'm not a survivor queen, so I don't know a lot about it. Um, Andrew says Sheree watching Sandra on the pool table had me dead. She's like, wait, wait, is she by Sheree involved? <laughs> she has no idea what she's doing. Um, so I love how it's CT and the girls, by the way, like that makes me happy too. CT just makes me so happy. So they go to, um, 
they go to this round table, which is outside, and basically they have to light a torch for who they want to save. And they're saving five people who are completely safe from elimination, and then the other people will have to be up for the traitors later. Now, Parvati at this point is just annoying me because she's so annoyed that, you know, people aren't picking her. Girl, you're a traitor. You're fine. Calm down. But I love so much how Sheree... Well, I thought it was interesting that Sandra picked Sheree. MJ was very upset. FOMO, remember? Then Sheree picked Phaedra. And that made me tear up. And Phaedra was crying. And everyone was like, my kids were, why is why is Phaedra so emotional? Like she's a traitor. She was going to be fine. And I'm like, because they were on, they were on TV together for so many years. Like this is a big deal. This is like a moment, right? This is a moment. I thought it was so sweet. I thought it was so cute. And um, and then of course, uh, Phaedra picked her castle daddy, which I thought was the best. Now this is where Trishel really like amped up her annoyingness. Now, when everyone had their torch, it didn't matter if it was the first one or the fifth one, Trishel is in the corner. Like you have to pick me. You guys, I've never been, had a shield. I'm going to get eliminated. Someone has to pick me. Trishel was like putting all flashlights on her face right on her face. She was like, look at me, look at me. Someone pick me. Now, CT and Trishel do have a past. Why? Because they come up from the MTV Challenge family. CT was on Real World Paris. Trishel was on Real World Vegas. So they were together in those challenge episodes from the very, very beginning. And I think they've had a lot of drama through the years. So it's been up and down, up and down. But she felt like without bananas there, CT and her had this unspoken alliance. Unfortunately, CT trusted John more than Trishel, which was an ouch, an ouch for Trishel. But she really stumbled and um, I think she completely spiraled after not getting picked as a safe one. And because they showed so much energy towards her and CT talking later at night in the in the mansion or in the castle, I think she's going home. Because really, who are the traitors going to take home now? They're definitely not going to send home anyone kind of in their side of the alliance. I'm sure they're going to send someone in from Peter's posse because Peter's safe too. So it's either Kevin. No, Kevin's safe because he has the shield. So it's either Bergie or it's Trishel from that crew. I think Trishel's going home in two seconds. Don't you guys agree? Now, Trishel was really, really hurt by CT and um, CT felt bad about it. You know, I get it. I get it. Like feeling sad that you're, you know, you're missing your, your, that you're who you thought you were close with isn't as close with you. It's a Dorit and Kyle situation. If Dorit and Kyle were on the traders, Kyle would never pick Dorit and Dorit would be Trishel because Dorit would say Kyle's definitely got my back, but Kyle's off picking, you know, someone else over there a hundred percent. Phaedra and Parvati in the turret at the end of the episode. I, it's such classic, amazing TV because Parvati is unlikable and she does give off like stink face and she does have like a little RBF and she is a little like trying to start shit with people. And Phaedra is like, girl, <laughs> you need to be, you need to be a little more likable. And Parvati is like, really? Do I? And Phaedra is like, yeah, you're making faces like, and now if you're watching the YouTube, you would see that I just look like I just had a stroke, but she was making faces like Parvati, like get your shit together. Stop being so, you know, rude. And Parvati's like, I know what I'm doing. Now, a lot of you survivor watchers are saying, don't underestimate Parvati. And I don't know. I don't know if we should underestimate Parvati or not. 
But for whatever reason, I think Bergie's going to stay. Trishel's going to go because Bergie and Phaedra have a strong connection, Bergalicious. And I do feel like Phaedra is going to want to keep him around. And Trishel probably wants Phaedra out of there because she's taking CT from her. She wants to be CT. She wants CT to be her castle daddy. Anyway, um, so it was. I'm having such like I'm having a mic issue today. I keep kicking it under. I redid all my desk the other night. So it was so good, you guys. It was so fun. And I love the show so much. But I'm so bummed that no one went home last night. I am so bummed that we didn't get a banishment or a murder. If we are watching traders, I want to at least get one person home each week, right? Such a good show. Okay, you guys, an hour almost exactly of Daily Dose of Donna. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. I see all of you in the comments. I appreciate you. Thank you for all your love and support and subscribing. And I will see you on Monday. We have a lot to cover all next week. I'm doing Zach Peters Valentine's Day show on Wednesday. I'm going out with my friend, Michael Beck. You guys remember this, uh, him from the show next weekend. Michael Beck is the director of... Um, Hollywood House Lift. So I've, I'll have a, a lot of fun stories for you guys. Hope everyone is doing well. Sending you love on this day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.